Good morning, Grinders. Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, a.k.a. Blender Ed, Blender HD, if you want to follow me there on Twitter. And this is the show where uh, where we talk a little bit about yesterday's slate, go through results DB. It was a big, big 15-game slate last night. And, uh, and then we'll, we'll talk a little bit. I think, I think we're going to build some lineups for the for the early slate today, okay? I know there's there's two games that are later that it's on the slate, and I'm not even sure if we're going to have the lineups in time or whatever. Uh, but we'll we'll build some stuff for for today's uh, the one the one ten p.m. whatever Eastern slate for DraftKings. I'll go over a little bit of process and answer your DFS strategy questions as always in the YouTube chat. Give me those thumbs ups. Give me thumbs ups when you're in the door. Thummy thumbs. Uh, hit the subscribe button if you're new here. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. I see you guys in there. Jamie Burkhart, Suki Singh, Doug Montgomery, Matt Mears, Card Fan, Eric Hiltbold, Aaron Rasmus, Sterling Woods, Michael Dampier. Good morning. Eric Hiltbold, I'm back. Miss me? No, I don't. I don't miss anyone. I don't I don't miss anyone. Nothing that I miss. A lot of times I want I I, I wake up, I wake up and I, I I don't feel like even doing the show, right? Just like I just want to go back to sleep. But I'm here for you guys, right? I'm here before I'm here for you guys. And uh, yesterday, yesterday I came close. I got I got I got a, a couple of line in the DraftKings, like a couple of lineups in the top hundred in the large field. Just just did just didn't get there. I need I need a Trevor Story to do better, right? I I heard Trevor Story one offs in <coughs> in a couple of my lineups. I really didn't have much of the Braves. But I had enough of the Braves to have five-man stacks, you know, towards the top. But we take a look at pitching yesterday. Uh, other than, like, I mean, the Maeda, McCullers, Morton, those were, like, the chalky pitchers. Uh, I had less of McCullers than than most, if we see here. I mean, Giants went at zero Maeda. I mean, they all did okay. I mean, Wainwright did the best. I I, I, I had a lot of Gomber. Like, my, I had a lot of Gomber. I had a lot of Paddock. I thought Paddock would be much higher on than 8%. So, I'm, I I mean, Paddock was in like half my lineups. I had a quarter of my lineups had Austin Gomber, right? Some some people were on him. Larry Odo, 25% over here. Bro Ramsar's Flex, 13%. Paddock across the board, pretty much. Everyone that I brought up, I would have Neil about 8% over here. But look, Royal Payne, 40%. RBX, 33 Giant Squid, Flex, right? Same for Montgomery. I had a lot of Montgomery also. And we could see here across the board, a lot of these sharper players were on those types of combos and less so. I mean, I still had plenty of Maeda. I still had plenty of Morton. I still had enough of McCullers. I mean, it's not like I, I went that far off the beaten path, right? My my pitcher pool was Maeda, McCullers, Morton, Montgomery, Paddock, Gomber. And I had a little bit of Keller and I had a little bit of Matt Moore who didn't, who didn't get there, right? <laughs> obviously uh i mean just very little i mean i, I played what, 115 lineups so you're gonna have a, i needed some cheap pictures to be, build expensive stacks but from the bat side i mean the main thing that happened yesterday on the slate that you had to you had to compensate for or consider is that that red Sox blue jays game okay because that there were the weather issues right so you have to determine, like, at 6.30, a half an hour before the slate. Like, what what are you going to do with it? So I originally, as I normally do for games that have heavy weather issues, is that I go in and I click the only in stacks button, right? I go, I go into lineup HQ, and I go to that game, right, if this was the game, and I click the only in stacks button. So if I do play Red Sox or Blue Jays, that they will only be in stacks, that I'm not going to just have one-offs all over the place. So if the game doesn't play, I don't have these zeros infecting all my lineups. Okay, so that's the first thing that I did. But then then I listen. I listen to crunch time, right? If you're a Roto-Grinders premium member, it's a half an hour before the sl- before the lock, and then and, and Kevin Roth is on the show, okay? So you you go to crunch time. You sign, sign up for Roto-Grinders premium. Click on the link in the description. Get $10 off your first month. But basically, based on his fork, based on looking at where the rain's going to be, most likely, understand that Roth doesn't know what the teams are going to do, how the teams are going to react to the weather forecast. 
All he could do is look at the weather forecast or look at the radar, look at the, the models for that. And basically, basically said, said they could, they could probably get this game in if they, if they start said that they, they, they will most likely be a delay mid game. And then if they wait it out, they could finish this. Okay. So based on that, based on that information, they could start fine end up getting stuck in a two and a half hour rain delay or whatever, a long rain delay, and then finish at the, at, you know, 11 o'clock, 1130 at night and finish the rest of the game. Okay. So based on that, based on that information, that means if they start in a delay, like this game's in trouble, right? Right. If, if, if it's not going to do the heavy stuff until like 830, 830 to 10 o'clock, like what are they waiting for? Okay. So once that tarp went up, I saw that tweet. The tarp was going up uh, at, at at Fenway. I'm like, they ain't starting this. They, they ain't starting at set. They ain't starting at seven ten. So once I saw that, I just xed everyone. I just xed out all of. I just xed out the whole damn game. It's a 15 game slate. It's not like it's a five game slate, and we don't have options. Yes, it has the highest total on the slate. It's it, it's Garrett Richards and whoever and on the Blue Jay. I don't know. I forgot even who was pitching with. Oh, Robbie Ray. Right, I was a decent pitcher. Right? Do I? Uh, yes. That let's say there was no weather, you could still play that. It, that game could still be five to four and not be. You, you won't need it, right? So it's not like it was that big of a priority on a fifteen-game slate anyway. I was going under on that game regardless. But once I saw that, I'm like, okay, let, let let other people go down the rabbit hole, right? And we got we got ownership in that game. I mean, we take a look here. I mean, not like heavy. Heavy. I mean, Vlad Guerrero was 9% owned. George Springer was 8% owned. Bichette was 10% owned. Like, they had, here's the rake right here. Now, I can understand if you wanted to take a shot. But if we take a look, take a look across the board. of uh, There's a good selection of 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. 10 sharp players. Vlad Guerrero. Like, not an end of brick had a, I think had a couple he may have about a couple of Toronto lineups, probably, you know, just in stacks. But other than that, all zero. Okay, here we go. 8%, okay. 8%, Anil took a shot on some Blue Jays. But for the most part, look, across the board, George Springer, barely any. Right? So Anil had 10% in, in lineups or whatever. But for the most part, just X them out. It's a 15-game slate. Perfectly fine. On yesterday's slate, I primarily, my my main stacks, if I look at my cheat sheet, my main stacks yesterday were Miami, the Marlins. They were the Cardinals, who didn't get there. The Brewers, the I loved, I loved the ownership on the Brewers. The Brewers were great in the beginning, and then they kind of died off, right? So I had a lot of Brewers stacks. So so that I, I placed a lot of lineups like that, a lot of Tellez, because the Adamas didn't do enough at shortstop. Tellez, Narvaez, Adamas, Avi Garcia, Lorenzo Kane, you know, those types of lineups. They didn't beat the Braves, but I mean, it was close. Uh, then I played a bunch of the Reds. The Reds did okay. Juanio Suarez finally hit a home run. So that was good. The Cardinals didn't get that. The, Car- the Cardinals, uh, according to Slate IQ and the bat projections, had the highest discrepancy, the differential between. Uh, projection versus ownership. That's what I played a ton of them. Miami, Miami was close, but they came in a little bit higher on. You see Adam Duvall, Adam Duvall in the bat projected like he like 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 a god yesterday. He got zero. I mean, he had some good fly balls out there, but across the board, I mean, Adam Duvall was 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 quite owned by a lot of sharp players. Forty percent by Brick, right? Maybe Lariotti only had four percent. Adam Duvall across the board. Because I think the the Marlins were were underowned as a team. So even the Cardinals, like Tyler O'Neill, across the board, bit bit over. Take a look at uh, let's see, Astros. Because I like looking at this five or six percent range. Brian Anderson, Jesus Aguilar. Look, five percent, five percent. A lot of sharp players on on the Marlins yesterday. I had a bunch of the Phillies also. Okay, so the Phillies were, people were over. Here's some Reds, some Reds there. Eugenio Suarez right here, 4, 4% owned, right? A lot of over. So, I mean, I could look through this and see that, like, the types of lineups I was making 
a lot of the types of lineups I was making, a lot of other sharp players were making. Not all of them, but for the most part, right? Take a look through here. 2% percent players, Rowdy Tellers, right? I look across and it's like, oh, because some people didn't have any Milwaukee, but some people did. With a really low, I mean, look, look how low on Machado was. Not many people had him. Lewin Diaz, right? 2% on Lewin Diaz in your Marlin stacks. Just going through. See, here's Trevor Story. I had a, I had a bunch of him against Suarez. As a one-off, I didn't play that many Rockies. And obviously, shortstop is a fair, was a fairly weak position. Other than, obviously, the high end. And people played Trey Turner, and he came out of the game. But I figured people would play Tatis. People would play... Uh, I mean, Bichette, obviously, if he was available. Trey Turner, right, 20%. Bo Bichette, 10%. It's like story against the lefty in, in, in Los Angeles. So I'll take I'll take a shot. And per, I didn't purposely play a lot of Trevor Story. I was just playing him more than Trey Turner. 2% ownership versus, or even Tatis. Like, Tatis's ownership was three times higher then three, three and a half times higher than stories and their projections weren't all that that different. Yeah, but this is what I like doing. Going through results, DB. Seeing what other sharp players that I respect. What types of constructions were they making? A lot of times I'll go through and, and look at it, specific lineups. But just get an overview. Did I miss anything? Did, 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 did someone do something that I completely didn't consider? Obviously not playing any Kenta Maeda. Okay, I get that. He's a 34% owned pitcher on a 15-game slate. Okay. Perfectly fine. He, project, he was the highest point per dollar projected pitcher. But there's variance. So if you don't want to play Kenta Maedian lines, you didn't have to. It, I mean, play, did you need the 18.65? The winning even got blown, right? The bullpen gave up a, gave up a run and it ruined Maeda's win. Paddock was tilting, right? He was just giving up hit, hit, hit. Hit, hit. He didn't get killed, though. So he scored, what, 15 points? Eh, could have done better. Going through results, DB. You can do this. You don't even need a Roto-Grinders for premium, nothing. This is free. Go to rotogrinders.com slash results, DB. Look through, look through content. I mean, I'm looking at, obviously, the large field, $11 immaculate inning. To see. But you could also, in results, DB, Compare the ownerships of the contests together. It shows, like if we do this, junior immaculate inning, 300,000. Which one was the large, large one? The 111. Okay, so the one I was looking for, the junior. Okay, okay. I don't know what they call these things. We go junior... Just to show the difference between the ownership, between the large, between the higher stakes and the lower stakes. So here's immaculate inning, the junior immaculate inning. Right? So this is the 111 contest, and this is the $11 contest. So you could see, if we sort by this, it's, this is a 5,000 person contest, 5,000 entries, right? And this is, who knows, 40,000, whatever it was. You can see that it's slight, that you get slightly higher. Maeda, 38% versus 34%. You could look at the green and the yellow, which is more owned and actually in the smaller field, right? Like Bo Bichette, look, I mean, take a look at Bo Bichette. The $11, more people just said, I'm playing Blue Jays, screw the weather. The higher stakes, not as much so. Sometimes you could use this to see, you know, who was who. Look, Adam Duvall, 16% in the 111, 11% in the $11 one. You could even compare this, for instance, what the fence buster, that's the bit, is that that like the 3,000 entry, 3,000? What the hell? The fence buster is typically an expensive contest, right? The fence buster, yeah, yeah. Two entry max, it's 70 entries. Maybe we want something a little bit lower, like the 121 screwball battery. 
So let's go to the screwball battery and you see the difference in there. That's a screwball. What do we call it? Screwball battery. Screwball battery and then the immaculate innings, but put like this. For the people that play like single entry and three max, I mean, you could see this every day. We sort by the screwball battery, 121 single entry. And look at the difference between how the ownership condenses. I mean, I, I, I say this all the time. Is my ADA worth playing at 50% ownership in single entry? Maybe not. Maybe he's fine at 34% in this month, right? Like, like it, it becomes, you have to think in terms of like, well, it's a small field contest. I want to play the best plays. It's like, well, actually like 50% ownership is like, seems too high for a pitcher on a 15 game slate. I'm more likely to play him with that 34% ownership. And even though he's the highest owned pitcher, in the large field contest. All right, take a look at Trey Turner's 31% owned at shortstop. Albies is 30% owned at second base versus in the large field, he's 17. Chris Bryant, Jesse Winker, Eloy. I mean, yeah, they hit home runs. Sure, great. Rizzo, Freeman, Bodie. Right, I mean, you had a lot of Cubs, Cubs who didn't really, they didn't get there. Rafael Ortega, right, 14% in single entry, 8% in the in the large field $11 contest, which means I'm more likely to, you're actually more likely to play him in the large field than you are in the small field. And then you go down here and you could find plenty of 1% owned guys because the 1%, 2% owned good players. You want to play? You want to play? Uh, you want to play uh, Manny Machado at two at one point three percent? Go for it. I mean, Jose Ramirez was one point six eight percent. You don't want to play Cat Narvaez one point eight percent. Mullins one point eight percent. Suarez, you ain't. It was it was two percent. He was more. It was it was more owned in the larger field than the smaller and then the, the single entry. Does it mean that you have to go and? grab like four of these guys no they're much easier ways to get different and still maintain a high projection in the in the single entry 121 in the small field contest than you are in the large field so when people are like oh eloy is going to be too popular right they go oh eloy is still 2500 do like i'm more inclined to play him at 14 percent owned than 23 percent owned right i look at the single entry and i go i'm not gonna i'm it's very rare, unless it's at a really weird position, that I'm going to be playing 20, 30% on batters on a 15-game slate. To me, they're, they're easy. Just don't play them. You just kill so many lineups when they fail. Going through the YouTube chat. Let's see. Scroll back. Scroll back. Brian C. asks, what percentage of my income comes from DFS and fantasy sports? So nearly 100%. This is what I do. Let's see. Go through. Bah, 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 bah. Uh, do, 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 do. Yeah, Trey Turner. Well, yeah, yeah, he tested positive for COVID. Yeah, that's 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 what happened, right? Was he injured? Was he whatever? I think what they do with the test, they don't get tested mid-game. They get tested before the game. It makes no it makes no They get tested, but they don't get the results back. Because it takes a while, right? They get t- like they get tested earlier in the day, and then the results come back like six to eight hours later. And maybe some of theirs don't come back by the time the, the game actually starts. And then the game starts, and they're like, "You got COVID." It's like you'd figure maybe maybe they time that so that so that the results come back before the game starts. You'd think, right? I think so. Michael Dampier says, "In the defense of those who took the risk on the the Blue Jays Red Sox game." Roth gave it over a 50% chance of fully playing after a delay at 7 p.m. Based on the weather. But you can't predict what the teams are going to do. You can't, pre- you can't predict what the teams are going to do. You could have gone both ways. You could, if you wanted to take a shot, perfectly fine. Just only play them in stacks. I decided that it's a 15-game slate. Screw it. <laughs> I mean, that, that, 
I think it's perfectly fine. If you want to t- take a shot on the Blue Jays stacks, go for it. I don't think you're stupid for doing so. But I decided once I once I heard that weather forecast that it was going to be a lot of rain in the middle of the game. And yeah, they could get the whole game in if, if they're willing to. But it's like, are they willing to? I'm just like, screw it. If anyone takes the Blue Jay stacks and they put up 15 runs after this late start or whatever, then God bless them. Okay, so be it. I got, I got 28, eight other teams to choose from. I'll just choose them. If it was a smaller slate, it would have been different. Uh, Brian C. asks, thinking of quitting my job, can I live comfortably on DFS if I can continue to hone my skills? You're talking down the road. Uh, if you're if you're asking the question, then you're not ready yet. That's that's the best way of putting it. My my attitude is you, you gotta you gotta have a lo- much longer proven track record before you consider you know this being the only thing that you do, and understand that even it with it being the only thing that I do, I still do these shows. I still have I still sell a course. I still recurring revenue. It's very similar to poker. Like it's the only job you could go to and lose money and it, and that be normal and go on downswings and play well and lose money. You can also play badly and win money. Sometimes, sometimes you get lucky, but it's not something that you could just pick up and just say, I'm, I mean, you could, I don't, I don't advise it. I, I, I did not do this full, t- full, full time until like last year, pretty much. So I, I did digital marketing. So I still had clients. I still was doing clients. I mean, I'm, I'm, that's how I got into DFS. I'm home all the time anyway. I work from home. So I have plenty of time. I have multiple screens. Do a little bit of my normal work and then, you know, look at some stats or whatever. And then I build lineups or whatever. I did such a flexible schedule. But I didn't just say, oh, oh after my first $100,000 win, I didn't just say, I'm getting rid of all these clients. It's like, no. So if you're if you're still asking that question, then then you're not ready yet. There are plenty of people that make way more than me that, that still do, it's not their full time job. Let's see. Go through the YouTube chat. Go through the YouTube chat. Go through the YouTube chat. Do, 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 do. Oh, let's see. Everyone's talking about whether or not Brian C should be just quit and do this full time without knowing. Uh, TJ Moose. Anyone see Toro? Yes. Right. Now he didn't switch teams mid game. Toro was traded to the Mariners earlier in the day and then came in and pitched it for the Mariners and had a two run home run. Right. It wasn't the mid. It was, he wasn't traded mid game. He was traded before the game. Right, because he was scrap, right? We thought he was going to be in the lineup, and then he wasn't. DFS in life, which is uh, which is what road, whatever. I could t- I could tell from the from the from the uh, from the from the avatar. I had all five man stacks on large slates, like fifteen game slates. I I will only play five man stacks. People still do not stack enough, so. Any large slate, I will, like, exclusively. I, I, there's no other lineups that I would make. If, if some weird lineup wins, then God bless them. But over, over, the, over a long, long large sample size, five-man stacks are plus EV. I mean, assuming the lineup is plus EV. I'm not playing a five-man stack and lineup that projects 50 points lower than everything else. So, yeah, yeah. Assuming it projects well enough, right? I'm going to be playing five-man stacks. It doesn't matter what happens yesterday. Well, I saw in one contest, someone, like, oh, so anything could happen. The person who won the 100K had a minus two and a half. At pit. Yeah, I know. I saw all the bats were correct. Though. It, good luck. Good luck having that be a repeatable process. Anytime that you see some, some weird two, one, one, three, some, is that a name that you normally, I mean, yes, that person won once. Good luck doing that and, and winning consistent, winning first place consistently at any point. Getting you're not. You, it's that's why they're single bullets that win that way. That's what that's why you see them because there's tons of single. That's where the edge in DFS comes from. 
that there's a tons of Joe Schmoes on their couch making one or two lineups. In the long run, just build plus EV lineups. Who cares what happens that night? It doesn't matter. I said I was uh, I was uh, Neil Orfield, NC Orfield, AK was uh, on on my podcast, my Thursday uh, Theory of DFS podcast yesterday, and we were talking about that. It's like, if there's 180 baseball slates, there's a hundred. Let's just say, right, 180 MLB slates for the year for the season. Your goal is to play well for all 180 slates, and hopefully, if you play well and you build high win equity plus EV lineups to bink once or twice or a couple, a handful, three or four top five finishes, right? Something like that. So hopefully you bink, let's say, hopefully you bink, you win first once out of 180 slates. Well, your goal is to do that, but you don't know which slate that's going to be. So you just play well for 180 slates and whatever happens, happens. So I don't think about what happened yesterday. Just like, I'm just continue to play well. And one of these slates, I'm going to win. I just don't know which ones they're going to be. So trying to figure out, okay, how do I figure out which ones they're going to be is a fruitless endeavor. Because then you're overfitting. You're not, you're, well, what would have won yesterday would have been, well, can you go back in time? You don't know what's going to happen on a specific slate, but over a course of 180 slates, more likely that it's going to be in large slates, four, five-man stacks, 5X, five 5-3, five something like that. More likely than will it be owned. If you simulated it out, that's what it would be. So yeah, maybe yesterday, some, some guy on his couch was able to pick out eight one-offs and win. And you do that over 180, try, you do that over 180 slates and, and you tell me how much money you lose. Most likely you don't make it to the end of 180 slates because you've lost too much money in the way of doing that. Uh, Eric Hiltbold would be covering NFL when it starts off. And yes, this is the DFS pregame show, which means it's whatever the hell's going on. It happens, it's August. It's the July and August. So it's, it's, it's baseball, right? But I mean, sometimes on Fridays, I talk about MMA if I'm playing it, right? I'll talk about whatever I'm playing, right? People have questions about PGA. I don't necessarily play that often, but we could talk about anything. It's the DFS pregame show. So like in September, we may have some baseball days, maybe some NFL days, some showdown, some review of the past Sunday's contest. On Friday, maybe we talk about the NFL Sunday slate. Who knows? That's why you show up to YouTube. You hit those thumbs up buttons and you ask whatever the hell questions you want. I mean, that's really that's really what it is. Let's see. Let's let's talk about uh let's see what's going on with uh, the early slate today. And no beast mode, I'm not gonna be talking about cash game position by positions. So let's let's update this. And there's no weather going on in the early. Eh, nothing that we have to worry about. So let's see, is this updated? We don't have slate IQ for the early slate. I don't believe no. Let's go here. Take a look. What do we got? Okay. So what lineups do, do we not have? Obviously, these two later, 340, 410 games. Manaya Snell, Kikuchi Odorizzi. Four, okay. Decent. I'm just overlooking. I mean, I did I look at any of this? No. All right, let's take a look. Snell and Odorizzi. Are they going to be the most owned pitchers here? We have, we have a J.A. Hap slate. 37% on J.A. Uh, that that seems like it could be a problem. <laughs> so just looking at looking through. It's a four-game slate. Okay, so it's a four-game slate. We're going to build three lineups, okay? Because I entered the 121 single entry. These are small field. 121 single entry, the $66 one, and the $44 one. Okay, so we have three entries. So we're going to look, we're going to try to find three lineups that we want to play that well, it's going to be me that I want to play. Okay. So looking at this, just, just by point per dollar value, by let's sort it by just regular raw point value. To me, this looks like Jake Odorizzi is over on. 
right? It's 8,500, 59%, assuming this is correct, right? Because against Seattle, right? Because Seattle sucks. Take a look at this. I could see Snell. Yes, Snell versus Oakland. I get it. Manaya versus San Diego. He's going to be low owned because people are going to play San Diego. A nice, nice uh, strikeout prop. Hap. It's Detroit. And it's had like, this is the high bearing situation, right? Either Hap does well or the Tigers do well. One of the two. And Willie Peralta is awful. So Minnesota should be chalky, right? Minnesota. Let's take a look at the bats. Let's take a look at the bats. Yeah, we have, yeah, Kepler, Polanco, Larnich. Yeah, 33%. Look at this. Look how condensed this ownership is. Then we got the Tigers, right? The scope got got scratched. So I I just saw that on Twitter. So I could reload this. I think that, that'll that'll help half, right? Should. Derek Hill is now going to bat second. Okay. Haas is still in. Cabrera's not in. Does that matter? I don't know. Let's let's take a look. Is the Detroit lineup updated now? Yeah, it should be. I mean, they project decently, right? Okay. It looks like Oda Rizzi is going to be over-owned. So let's look at Seattle. They don't even project that well, right? Yeah, Seattle. Seeger? Seeger? Raleigh? We don't have the lineup. We don't even have the lineup yet, so I don't even know. But Raleigh's cheap. I don't mind that. I'm just trying to figure out, like, is that is that a leverage spot? If we're not going to play Odorizzi. Why not play bats against him? Maybe not a five-man stack, but maybe some Seattle against him. So looking through, looking through. But Minnesota should be the chalk, right? I mean, if I just do the line of preview, if like if this was like a cash lineup, Hap, Snell, we get one, two, three, four Minnesota, and you pay up for Ramirez, Tatis, play a Tyler O'Neill one-off. Okay, looking at this, so this is what I'm looking at. 358, 109 at 358. Remember, we're going we're gonna to build based on lineups and not players. Let's make unique players two just to get diversity. Let's go down to 50 for time purposes. I don't mind leaving 1,000 on the table. Okay, so 358. So I definitely don't want 358. So let's let's cut it down to 300 just 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 to see. Just to see. Stack-wise, it's a smaller slate, so I don't necessarily need like 5x, but it's a small field contest, so I'm not going to be playing 33s or anything. So I'm looking at more and more of these these types of builds. I mean, if it ends up being 5-3 or 5-2, sure, but maybe not 4-2. Maybe I just want two teams and a one-off. Because it's small field. If it was larger field, I wouldn't mind the 4-2s. Because I need to hit the nuts. I'm trying to hit the nuts. So let's just, let's just, well, we're not going to get many 4-4s. So let's just uh, do 45-10-45. Something, something like that, right? 100%, something, something close to it that at max 15 a little over just to see two two unique players i mean just going by the bat projections we're just making sure that we're not getting something that's ridiculously too too chalky just to see what shows up doesn't mean we're playing any of these no doesn't mean anything a1 beast mode how do you how did you optimize one lineup without locking players in all you have to do is change two things so what what did I what did I do? What did I do to change two things? To go to the pitcher. I put zeros in these spots. Right? You have a min. Like the default is zero, but if you type in zero, right? If I do this and do that, it'll give me well, I already changed other stuff, so whatever. But yeah, if you just put zeros in two spots, and there you go. Done. Okay. So we got a ton of Blake Snell, ton of Max Kepler. Yeah, get ton a ton of Minnesota. Get whole holy hell's worth of Minnesota, right? So 107 at 279. Like these are still very chalky. I know Ryan Jeffers is not going to be zero percent owned, but whatever. Oh, let's see. 
107 to 265. Like these are these are way. Maybe we don't even want to play Minnesota stacks. Maybe we don't even want to play Kepler because we're playing three lineups in a small field. I'm not yet. Yeah, that, that that's what I'm going to do. Let's see. We're going to go to the hitters. So on, even though I could probably make Kepler lineups that are that are good, I'm going to choose not to because they're in a, he's in an outfield position, right? And scope scope is still in the projections even though he's out. So let's X him out. I'm going to X out Kepler. I'm going to X out any out. Like, I don't mind catchers and third basemen and positional players. But do I want to play Larnich at 33%? Do I want to play these Minnesota? Maybe I want to play Minnesota one-offs, but not Larnich or Kepler, not outfielders. Maybe. That'll lower my, my total ownership. I could probably still make lineups with these guys in them. I think that's the easiest path to lower my ownership and not to still have twins in my lineups possibly, but not a stack and not like the highest expense and the highest price guy, the highest owned guys. So I'm going to get rid of Kepler. I'm going to get rid of Larnich. Uh, see, like, I don't mind like Ramirez and Tatis at third and, and shortstop. I mean, there just aren't as many third basemen and shortstops, maybe even Polanco. Cause there's other, there's other second basemen here. Do I need Polanco? even maybe not maybe i don't even need polanco he's gonna be 35 percent owned and i'm probably i may be playing more hap than i am haas so do i need a cat i mean the catcher's position is probably awful today i'll leave him in just because just because he's a catcher but i just want him in the catcher spot right so i don't leave i don't want him in the outfield spot he's fine there so taking a look, just just to lower my lower my ownership a little bit more, All right? So this should, just should get me under, and get me le- obviously get me less Minnesota stacks. So let's build fifty like this. Do 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 do. What do we get out of fifty lineups? Let's see. I mean, we probably Houston, Houston. It's not like getting any Seattle, but I mean that's which is a good leverage spot. But we'll take a look. Let's see. Let's see what we got here. Let's go to my lineups. What are we getting? We're still getting tons of Snell. Now we're getting a lot of Altuve, Tucker against Kikuchi. All right, still getting, okay, five man, one, two, three, four, four, three, one, half Snell. I don't mind this, 231, 177. Okay, now we're talking. 177 at 104. I like that. I mean, look, look at the difference. Like you're dropping barely any projection and you're dropping all this ownership. So now I'm getting a baseline. Like that 177 lineup, 159. Okay, now, 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 now we're seeing some progress. Okay, because now we got the Cardinals, basically Cardinals, Astros, and Williams Astadio as a one-off. That happens now. Let's save that. Let's save, where's that other one? We just, 159, save that. This is Astadio, Sano, Rooker, Candelario, Manaya, Snell. Okay, this, is, this isn't this isn't that bad. Because that, this, is the, this is the tilt lineup. People that play Minnesota will be like, oh, I had everyone but that guy. And we have that guy and don't have Kepler. Looking through this, I'm just looking at the ownership. 103, 103 here's, here's another one. I mean, it looks very similar to the other ones. 149. 212. So basically we don't want anything that's really over 150. Right. And anything over 150 is like we could we we've we found better. We found better. So I'm just scrolling through. Let's see if we find anything that's better than 150% owned. 138. Dropping a little bit. I mean, it's very similar to the other lineups. Probably the other lineups probably they project what two points better and not much different. Okay, let's go through 146. Looks kind of the same though, right? Well, this is a four. This is a four-four. Maybe I don't mind this that much. Tuve, Correa, Tucker, Griel. Yeah, we'll put it put it on the list. One forty-six. I mean, they all look fairly the same in that range. It just comes down to diversification. Like you wouldn't play a two seventy-five. I mean, look look at the difference. Projects lower and is like way higher owned, right? Because you're playing Odorizzi. And it's not, I'm not saying that's a bad lineup because you're playing straw and playing some low guys, 
but you're playing like the two chalkiest pitchers and the chalkiest third baseman. In the other lineups, you're not. Scroll down, see what we got. Anything else? 138 at 99. That may not even be good enough. We don't need to sacrifice that much, right? Like 91. Like we don't have to sacrifice this much. Okay, let's scroll back up. Now, now let's start seeing if we could find lineups of like non. So we found Astros. We found Twins. Right? We take a look at these stacks. So we found Astros. We found Cardinals. Right? We found Twins. We're not we're pretty much not playing Twins. So like on our save lineups, we got Astros, Cardinals, Astros, pretty much Astros. Yeah, we, we got Astros, Cardinals. We got these Astros, Cardinals lineups. If we want them. So now I want to see if we could find anything that's that's not that. So I'm going to set this 20, 20, anything that's not Astros Cardinals. 20, 20, is that good enough? That's 100%, right? Saying, okay, I want to, I want, I want to see what these look like. Especially not with, with like, with, without Kepler, without the, the, the Twins guys in it. It's only a four-game slate. So let's build 50 lineups. With a two unique, just to be a little bit different, just to see see what we can find. While that's going, I'll look in the YouTube chat. Michael Dampier asks, "I don't play many slates like this. Is there an edge to punting early games if late lineups aren't out yet? Thoughts that it will decrease ownership in unexpected players? Yeah, no, that's true. But you have to determine whether or not it's worth it. I mean, not necessarily your whole lineup." You could still play guys from the first two games. But maybe you're more likely to stack the other, you know, but the ownership will go down in the other games. The ownership's down on these games because they're the, the, the where the pitchers are. I mean, if you take a look at the totals, the higher totals are this 110 and one, these two 110 games have higher totals than the, than these two other games. Right, so that that's the main reason. I mean, if this was a cores game, obviously it didn't matter what time it was. That would be owned. Okay, still getting tons of bleak snow, right? Okay, so here we go. 260, okay, okay. What we should have done, which I forgot to do, is that, look, 177, 159, 149, 146, right? We're, lo- we're looking in that range. We're looking in the, one, the 150, kind of, yeah, like the one, let's just do 175, just for the sake, right? Because we don't want those high on lineups. Because I didn't put that in before. So now we're getting, in this build that we just build, we're getting 260, 259. We, we could find projected lineups that are way lower owned that have the same. So why are we playing these lineups? We could find better lineups. Okay, let's get it. It's almost there. So let's see what some of these other teams look like. Some other stacks. Okay, 102 at 171. This is a what? Indians, 102, 171, 101 at 167. We need to drop, let me get more ownership drop here. 172, 154. So we're already down. We, if we're going to get in the 120 range here, maybe. Yeah, just not getting, just not, yeah, they're not really projecting that well. Well, here's here's one. Here's one. That's not horrible. 98 at 136. Do I want to play Manai and Snell together? I don't know. I don't mind. I don't mind in single entry. I mean, in a smaller field, like I don't mind. I would figure these Seattle lineups would be so much lower owned. Raleigh, Torrens, Seeger, Hanniger. Right, if Oda Rizzi is going to be owned, let's let's see if we can make those happen. Right, because it just it seems like I'm not getting enough. I'm I'm getting too much ownership here. Okay, let's take a look at the lineups that we have: Hap Snell, Manaya Snell, Manaya Snell, Manaya. Right, and if it was a lot, if it was a bigger, it was a bigger slate. 
I wouldn't play Manaya and Snell together. Because only one of them can get the win. So it reduces your ceiling. But we only have eight teams to choose from. So it's quite possible Oakland and S- at San Diego could be a one nothing game. And both, both are the best pitchers. And all the other three games, all the pitchers get blown up. But when you have when you have 28 teams on the slate, then you have at least you have more options. But here you don't have. Okay, so because I, I want to play Seattle for the the leverage against Odorizzi. It seems like these numbers just don't just don't come out low enough, ownership wise. So let's let's even lower this even more. Okay, let's lower it down to 120. Right. So let's see what the projections come up with now at a 120 ownership sum. Because at 120, we kind of, then we don't mind. Like we took up, take a look at our save lineups. We have 104 at 177, 103 at 159, 103 at 149, 101 at 146. Right. So if we're going to get down to like the 98 range, we want it to be around 120. Something like that, right? See here, here we go. So now we're now now we're kind of Jeffers one off, ninety seven at one nineteen, ninety seven at one seventeen, ninety seven at one twelve. What does this lineup look like? Well, this this is a this is a Tigers lineup. So I guess it's doable. Ninety seven at one twelve, ninety seven at one ten, and here you go with the leverage, France Seeger. Kellenic, Hanniger. I mean, assuming they're in the lineup. I don't mind this that much. Let's 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 see what we'll save that. Right. So 97 at 110. We're trying to beat that. 97 at 110. Okay. 95 at 99. Is that enough? 95 at 116. 95 at the We have, to, we, have to, we have to get down to 90, 93. Now we're getting really too low. Yeah, we can't find that many lineups. for Now, in larger field, I don't mind. But, I mean, I'm playing. These are smaller field contests. 97 at 119. 97 at 117. 97 at 112. 97 at 110. Where's that other one? 95 at 99. It's an it's a A's lineup. Against Snell. So basically that's leverage against Snell. Maybe I don't mind that. Andrews, Laureano. Do I have Tyler O'Neill and Framel Reyes here? Maybe, maybe. Let's take a look at that. Take a look, see. Right? Get relative value there. Let's take a look at our save lineups. Okay. So we're not playing much of the twins. So now I want to compare. So we've got 104 at 177. 103 at 159, 103 at 149. There's not that much difference between these two, right? Manaya Snell, Asadios. Basically, this one has Arenado. This is a five-man stack. This has Candelario in it. Yeah, for the ownership difference, I don't think we could get rid of this one up here. 101 at 146, that's almost not as good. Right? They're already playing Astros, right? Astros, Cardinals, Astros, Car- yeah. So let's get rid of this one. Got four lineups. So I got, I like the first two, though, because the first two, we got good projection, good, low enough ownership. That's fine. Then here, we got 97 at 110, 95. So what are we going to do? Or should we just play four lineups? That's fine. This is leverage against Snell, and this is leverage against Odorizzi. Which one would be better? We got Jeffers and Astadio, Astadio. The A's against Snell. Because they both have, they both have, le- I mean, this is, this is leverage against Oder. I, I think just we play against Odorizzi. So we're playing Snell in these lineups. I like this. 97 and 110, you're leaving the thousand on the table. We're getting enough, enough of, I mean, eh, probably could be better. So there, get rid of that. So there you go. So basically, basically playing Astros, Cardinals, Mariners with Manaya and Snell together in 
two of two of the so we're just making three lineups. I got Tyler O'Neill, Tyler. I mean, just from a diversification standpoint, do we have anyone in all three lineups? Jeffers, no. Will Schmidt, no. We got in two, sure, yeah. But I, I just all three. Do we got someone in all three lineups? Nope. That's fine. This leaves a thousand on the table. This leaves four hundred on the table. There you go. Here I found three lineups to play. So if you see, like like I always show you. That I was I was I looking at stats? Was I looking at was I looking at who's one v ones and what player versus what play? No, I'm just looking at total lineups, what they look like based on the projections. Assuming the numbers are right. Assuming the numbers are right. Assuming the ownership is right. A lot of times I'll go in and if I don't think this guy is this on, I'll go in and change these numbers. I didn't have, like I know he's not gonna be zero percent owned. They still could be low enough owned that the numbers make sense. So I'm gonna play these three lineups. Barring obviously, we don't have we don't have we don't have lineups out, right? These Astros, Mariners, oh, you know, we don't have these lineups. I mean, this is the projected lineup, so I may have to swap. I may have to swap. But yes. So basically, Ast- basically, we're rooting today for the Astros, the Cardinals, and the Mariners, and not playing. And basically, the the Oakland San Diego game to be like nothing. I, I mean, I got Snell in all three lineups. Okay. It's the only guy that I have all three lineups, which is fine. Best projected pitcher on the slate. So this is how this is how I pick lineups. This is I'm, I'm showing you the I'm showing you the exact process. One this is for single entry and three max. Do you play those types of contests? I mean, to play twenty lineups and play fifty to play one hundred fifty is just an expanded version of this. It's hard to just go through individual lineups to make one hundred and four fifty like this. But for the smaller field stuff, for the single entry and three max, I trust the model, trust the projections, go through, compare lineups. Now, now these lineups, like I could, in this Seattle lineup, I could have, uh, you know, a twin. I could, ha- I could play Kepler in this lineup. It just, it's going to increase, it's going to increase the projection by what? Maybe three points, but also increase the ownership by like 45 points. So is it worth it? Maybe it is, and maybe it's still fine. This lineup may be a little bit, this, this lineup may actually be a little too contrarian for single entry three max. I'll do it anyway. But it could be too too contrarian. Right? Because do I have to play Manaya and Snell? Like in this type of lineup, obviously you don't play Odorizzi, but I could play Hap here. I could I could I could do a lot of other things. Overpay for DeJong at 4,200 batting ninth. I don't think that you don't need to do that. But this is lineups, not players. People are like, oh, do I play this guy or that guy? Like, no, well, what's the lineup? What's the ownership of the lineup? What's the projection of the lineup? What contest are you playing? One guy may make absolutely no sense in one lineup and make perfect sense in another lineup. So to me, this, I mean, this is, you're just using the numbers to build lineups. I don't need to know, I don't need to know how is this guy against right-handers and how this guy, I know it's already in the number. It's already in the number that I'm looking at. Just comes down to what combinations. Because we went through, it's like, oh, this lineup, like for instance, this lineup down here is what? 103 at 149. We saw lineups in these bills for 103. Right? 103. Let's go go down to 103 at 199. 103 at 215. Like, why would why in the world would you play this lineup when you have access? to play a lineup that projects better that is lower owned. But I like this guy over that. Who cares? The whole lineup, if you trust the model and the numbers, right, we're, we're playing we're playing a lineup that projects better for a third of the, for two thirds of the ownership. Right, you go, you go down here, you can see, you probably see 259, 102 at 259, which is an Indians foreman over here. Like why in the world I like my top lineup that I'm playing is 104 at 177. So it projects for two points higher and and is and is 80% less owned. So like why are you playing this lineup when the other lineup is available for you to play? Now this could be the best. I mean it could be. 
depending on what you're looking at. So like, why, when you have access to other lineups, why would you play this? Well, because I want to play this guy over that guy. Like that, that's not how you play DFS. Build good lineups. I mean, I highlight this every, I highlight this all the time. But now that we have like an early slate, we get we have numbers in there. A lot of times I try to do that for the late slate. We don't have, for the normal main slate at 11 o'clock in the morning, we don't have ownership. So I can't even make that comparison because it's just like, oh, I don't know. You do it later. At least we have numbers for this. Jamie Burkhardt asks, in a 6K entry, 20 max, would you have general thought on how far down you're willing to go with your numbers? For example, with what are we working on? Top is 104 and bottom is 97. It's all, it's all relative in comparison to the field size. You could go down as far as you want, as long as you as as long as you get uh, on the ownership discount with the numbers that are going down. Right? You could have a line. You could have a lineup that's you know like if we have our top one here, for instance, is one four one hundred four. Like you feel free to get a median lineup that has eighty. It only it better only be ten percent owned in total. I mean, and do you have to play that type of lineup? Like, you could. It may be plus EV. It may win once in a million chance. I mean, it may, it may, maybe. That's the that's the only consideration. It's just it's the proportion of which you're dropping projection versus ownership. And ownership sum isn't necessarily even the best way of doing it. Ownership product would be better. But it's a guideline. It's a blunt guideline. Now, since I'm playing smaller field contests, I don't I, I don't need to give up. That much projection. That's why I said this 97 one, like I'm getting it more, I'm getting more of the value from Oda Rizzi getting killed than from the median projections of the Mariners. If, 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 this, if this lineup does well, it doesn't have to score. Let's, the Mariners don't have to score seven runs for this lineup to win because if Oda Rizzi is going to be 50 to 60% owned, Oda Rizzi's negative six is going to do that for me. But like you, like, like this, it's, from a projection standpoint, you probably don't need to play this in single entry and three max. This is more of a large field line. These are more single entry. These are more 104 at 177. Right. I X'd out some of the, some of the high owned bats and just said, give me, give me what's left and stack them up in some, you know, four, three, one, some, some type of way. But this is perfectly fine in the 20. Like this lineup is perfectly fine on the 20 max also. These types of lineups, you can, if you build, if you built all your lineups in twenty max, that like for this slate coming up, the four game slate somewhere in this this one oh one hundred to one oh four and like one twenty to one seventy five, right? Like like, feel free to play all those lineups if you want. I probably wouldn't be playing the ones that are two fifties. Okay, anything else before I get out of here? People are asking for exact numbers. There's no, it depends on the slate. For single entry contests on DK, what's the max ownership you think a lineup should have? You saw, if you saw what I did earlier, you have to determine what that is for the slate by looking at what chalky lineups look like, right? We go back to the player pool. Go to excluded, right? Because we excluded a couple of people. Right, scope, scope isn't even in anyway, Right? If I do this, I see that 358 is the optimal, right? So with one, two, and it's actually as a four-man Minnesota stack. 109 at 358, okay? If I make, if I got rid of this, got rid of this max, and I did the same thing, let's say I put stacks like this, primary stack percentage 20 for so for everything, and I wanted these types of stacks, and I built I'm just going to stop it. 108 at 323. Okay, so you're looking at the. You have to figure out what it is for the slate, the specific one. It's a four-game slate, so obviously the ownerships are going to be ridiculously high because there's only so many people to choose from. On a 15-game slate, this number is going to be way low, much lower. So you look if people if people just went into an optimizer with projections, they'd be building lineups like this, with without any consideration of anything. So you you want to find you want to find lineups that project 
yeah, you're going to be giving up projection, but you look, look, this is this lineup with this, this one, two, three, four, five man twin stack is 108 at 323. I'm giving 104 at 177. So I'm giving up four points of projection of median. And what's four points? Two walks, a walk and a run scored. I mean, it's not that much for baseball. And I'm getting 177% total ownership versus 323. So almost, I mean, it's almost twice as less. It's like like 40, it's 54% of the ownership and only giving up four points for it. So I should be playing those lineups. So, but you have to see where, where the baseline is for that, for the specific slate that you're on. When we go to the, the main slate, it's going to be a different number. These numbers are going to be different. That's why I ran. That's why I did the first build to see what that is. I can't use, I can't put an ownership. I can't do anything here until I see what, what are the constructions? What are the chalky constructions going to look like? And can I find lineups that are project close to the chalky constructions, but give up a significant amount of ownership? That's what, that's the goal of what you're trying to do. So there's no specific number. Well, you shouldn't uh, 170, like, 170 may be ridiculously too high on some slates. It may be ridiculously too low on some slates. Because it depends on what the ownership of the players are. We had if we had weaker pitchers on the slate, some of these pitchers wouldn't be 59% owned. They'd all be 20% owned. Well, that changes the that changes the total of some of these lineups. So, like when I ran the build with just nothing, I'm getting all these 300, 313. 259, but at least we know that this 259 lineup is better than the 313 lineup. Because look at the difference in projection, barely anything. But you're dropping much more ownership with the 259 lineup. Can you play this like you you can? Just understand it's gonna be really chalky. Look, you're playing a 59% owned pitcher, and you're playing one, two, three batters that are over 30% owned. I mean, you can if the chalk goes off, yeah, yeah, you're in good shape. But I have an easier path to win. If the chalk fails, I don't have to score a million points to win. So yeah, if you want to play a chalky lineup, you could play a lineup like this if you want. To me, it's harder to win that way. It's easier to cash that way, but it's hard. It's harder to win. So there is no specific number. You have to run the optimal at least, or some type of stack, and some and see, and see what that is. And obviously, these numbers, if you play like. The, the, the main slate and you're looking at two o'clock in the afternoon and half the most of the lineups aren't out like those numbers aren't going to mean anything so you have to be you have to be doing this a half an hour before lock an hour before lock when all the lineups when ownership when you have better ownership projections and you know everything the weather changes who knows Michael Dampier asks is there any argument to take a shot on Willie Peralta uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's technically leverage on the twins, but I'm not a big fan of taking pitcher leverage. Cause I mean, you need all of their bats to do it. You need Willie Peralta to put up a, a, a 30 point game for that leverage to matter that much. But yes, if I was building multiple, if, if, if you were going in with the strategy of fading the twins, like, let's say you were playing 20 lineups and you literally X out the twins. I'd probably put Willie Peralta in some lineups because if you if you're if you're if you're having a portfolio that does not include any single twin, the thing that's positively correlated to that is Willie Peralta having a good game, right? But if you're playing a smattering of twin, if you're playing for Willie Peralta, still gives up four runs, but the twin stack doesn't get there, then why are you playing Willie Peralta as the lowest projected pitcher? So I could so there is yes there is value Lar- probably large field. If you're playing no twins, then probably you should be playing some Willie Peralta. Brian C., I heard from another YouTuber that entering 150 lineups of winning takes no skill. Agree or disagree? Obviously disagree. Good luck. You Then play, do it. People always say that. And go, go. There's a quarter arcade. Go. Have fun. You'll be broke by the end of the month. Okay. Hit that thumbs up button on your way out the door. Let's see if these lineups do well. What are we playing? What are we playing? These I'm gonna I'm putting them in right right after we go off. The, assuming that these are the guys in, I mean, I may have to make some switches. Right? These these look like plus EV. These could be plus EV. 
Are they a little too contrary? Maybe. I just don't want to play the chalk twin. I just, I'm, I just, I'm, I don't, I don't play chalk. I mean, yes, I still have Sonoma and Astadio in these lineups. I have Astadio here. I have Jeffers there. I mean, yeah. So it's not like I want the twins to do horribly, but just not Kepler and Larnich and whatever. And the, the, the chalky guys, I need to fade Tatis. I need to fade. I mean, I just, I just love the ownership on the, on the, on these. I'd rather do this. Because if the chalk fails, these lineups don't have to score that high. So that's what I'm hoping for. I'm rooting for the chalk to fail more than these lineups to succeed. But hit the thumbs up on your way out the door. Subscribe if you're new here. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. We got we got we got stuff on the channel. We I think I think the soul cast is on this afternoon. Is it? Is it gonna be on it? I don't know. What's our schedule look like? We got uh we got grinders live. I know later today. Do they do the soul cast live? I believe they do it live, right? What what is our what does our schedule look like today? I know we got a bunch of stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's live, 2.30 Eastern. Grinders live at 5.30. Crunch time for premium members at 6.30. Right, you can always see the schedule on the other videos page. So uh, sign up for Roto Grinders Premium. Click on the link in the description. Get $10 off your first month. Join us. I'm always in the YouTube. I'm always in the in the Discord chat, right? In the bat chat a lot of times. But you could always get me there. And uh, we'll go over. We got a slate tonight also. We got stuff going tomorrow. Is uh, tomorrow, are we doing, is there an early slate tomorrow also? I don't know. We'll take a look. I don't know what's going on. I have no idea what's going on. Uh, but uh, but I'm always here for you. Answering your DFS strategy questions, as I do, every Monday through Friday, 11 o'clock Eastern, on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com.